Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this exploring conversation between Greg and MD. So today's topic is about how to be more successful. And yes, there are multiple definitions of success and every individual has a different meaning that they ascribe to success. So our hope in having this conversation is to help you with whatever definition of success you have to get closer to that goal. Yeah, we're, our goal here is to provide a few building blocks that you can use to help build your tower of achievement, whatever you want to build the metaphor. But these are intended to be tools that you can deploy in pursuit of your goals. So let's jump right in. All right, so the first one is to be a renegade outlier. It seems like a Star Wars concept. I know, right? Yeah. So I like it though, or like a Mad Max kind of yeah, setup. Yeah, exactly. And that's the image that it gets painted in my mind when I think about it mm-hmm. because it's, it's about like defying the status quo and really thinking about like, do you really need to pay your dues to do a certain job or get a task done or reach this, uh, a certain part of the ladder that you're looking to be on, right? And a lot of the time, so, you know, research is showing that people who tend to concern themselves with paying their dues tend to be a little bit concerned about, you know, breaking rules and also have a fear of failure. And instead, we want to think about it in terms of lateral thinking. And this concept comes from Shane Snow, who is the author of Smart Cuts. And he talks about how lateral thinking can really help us look at problem solving differently and more creatively. Yeah, I like the imagery of lateral thinking, right? Instead of Often when we think we're looking up and down um, on, a, on a narrow band that we're very comfortable with, lateral thinking is sort of broadening your horizons um, and looking to the left and looking to the right, areas you're not used to looking to uh, for inspiration <laughs> yes. or uh, ideas for how to proceed, how to overcome an obstacle, whatever it is. And I agree that um, I think that, that, that feeds nicely into this idea of the renegade, right? The renegade isn't just trying to work within the rules that society says exist. Instead, the renegade is saying, why do these rules exist in the first place? What if I bend them a little bit? What if I try something that people don't normally try, right? We're not saying go out and break the law by any means. But uh, what we are saying is it is okay to question why things are done the way they are and to experiment with doing things slightly differently uh, because you might be surprised at how more efficient your new approach is or how much more effective it is. And that can give you a huge advantage in whatever it is you're seeking to do. 100%. And you can also think of it in the terms in terms of, you know, like let's say somebody is looking to be an administrator at a school. Well, they might not be able to just apply to that job because people in that space might say, well, you need to pay your dues, meaning you need to start as an intern and then move to a teacher and then move to a principal and then move to a manager. And then after you've done all of that, then you can go. 
Well, the research is showing that it doesn't necessarily work that way. If you come to that, you know, uh, job opening interview as someone who can demonstrate lateral thinking and has a track record of different types of experience, maybe across industries, but still related in that you know, right, you know, they are somehow tied in and that's up to you to connect the dots. And if you're able to do that kind of lateral thinking and show why, you know, this concept of paying your dues is somewhat outdated, then you're you're more likely to be able to, you know, make a good case for yourself to be already ready for that job. Yeah, we live in a world now where there's a much broader array of information that's available to us than used to be, right? We can be much more um, multidimensional than school would make us think, right? School is often about developing a specialization, getting really good at one specific thing. Oh, what are you good at? You're good at math, great, be a mathematician or an engineer. Um, And instead, embracing the fact that you can be good at a lot of things. Um, in high school, actually, talking about uh, school administrators, our headmaster who came in halfway through my term there uh, was a lawyer in his previous job, right? So not much experience administering schools, but uh, he did bring a lot of experience from his domain. Yeah. And he was a fantastic headmaster. I always, uh, I really enjoyed uh, when he announced, and I, I actually worked with uh, him on the, the student council, and it was really cool to be engaging with someone who brought so much knowledge from a completely different field. Um, And he did a a lot of really good work with it. Yeah, and that also reminds me of, uh, well, when you were at Wharton for business school, you you told me one of your favorite classes was with the professor of law who taught... well, it was some specific... He wasn't a professor, though. That's okay. the thing. He, he was, was he, yeah. another... I just like lawyers, I guess. I'm not parents of lawyers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, this was, this was a practicing lawyer who, as he put it, he would get parachuted into class <laughs> every Friday uh, to teach this one course, this single course, the legal aspects of entrepreneurship. Cool. And every course was like, he knew exactly what he wanted to convey. There were barely time for questions. Wow. Um, and I just like the whole time I'm glued to my seat, super engaged yeah. because he brought so much practical real world knowledge to bear on a topic that's really critical if you're trying to start a business. hundred percent. And uh, I remember when we were moving, we were going through all of our possessions and things. And that was the one notebook from school that he wanted to <laughs> <Yeah>. keep. <laughs> So that That's really true. resonated with That's me. It's a as comprehensive a, Yeah, as a good uh, story. So yeah. it just shows that you don't necessarily have to have the cookie cutter track record to be, you know, in a certain profession. And don't let people tell you, well, you need to pay your dues. Of course, you're not going to just show up to a job without any sort of credentials. That's not what we're talking about here. But finding more creative ways to get the experience you need for the job that you want. Yeah. All right, so for the next one, having a mentor, and it's not a mentor that's assigned to you in your job or in the position that you're in, uh, which is often something that typically happens, but it's a mentor that you have sought out and that you care about and also that, you know, a mentor that cares about you as well. Yeah, and one thing that I really like to, I love having mentors. Um, and for me, it's been crucial to uh, helping understand myself, yeah. 
uh, and understand what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Um, and one thing I just wanted to really drive home with mentors yeah. is they don't need to be people that you know or interact with in person, right? For me, a lot of my mentors who have no idea who I am, um, but I track them really closely. I watch how they make decisions. Mm. I listen to uh, the kind of vocabulary that they use. Uh, I, I pay attention to what knowledge uh, how they get their knowledge, right? What mm -hmm. kinds of books are they reading? Yeah. What kind of podcasts are they are they listening to? So you can basically do a character study on these people and they become a mentor for you without them ever knowing that you're, they're a mentor for you. Yeah. And uh, I think it was Tim Ferriss who was talking about how, uh, you know, if you're reaching out to a mentor, was it Tim Ferriss or am I? This was Derek Sivers. Okay. Do you want to share that? Yeah. Little? So Derek Sivers, okay. Derek Sivers basically was saying that he has uh, three mentors um, that he's learned an enormous amount from, um, and none of them know who he is. Right. And uh, he often writes to his mentors, um, but they've never received a note from him because he'll write to his mentors, right? And ask them questions, but he'll never actually send the note that he writes. Yeah. And uh, he'll pretend like they answered him and then he'll rewrite it with those with that pretend answer and he'll keep sort of iterating on these notes that he sends his mentors right. um, until they ultimately answer the question for him without him ever, ever having spoken to them. Right, so by simply by through the content that they're creating and sharing with him and the world, he's able to construct an answer that they would have probably sent him if he sent that exactly. email. Exactly, yeah. It just it sort of helps you get out of your own mind and into someone else's to give you yeah. an external perspective that can be very useful toward guiding you to a new type of thinking or uh, a better approach. 100%, yeah, it's so true. So seeking out a mentor uh, where there's this camaraderie and mutual rapport and respect can be really powerful. All right, and the last one is learning from failure. But it's not just failure, it's other people's failure. So that's an important part of this because when you experience failure, you might say, well, your brain will trick you into saying it was not your fault. It was some external factor beyond your control. So it's not my fault that ball went into the net. It was the sun's fault because the sun, you know, was in my eyes when I served. Uh, right. Finding another scapegoat instead of taking the blame yourself. So that's why it's a little bit tricky to learn from our own failure. It is possible. I'll get to that after. But learning from other people's failure because you'll say, wow, I better make a mental note of that. I hope that I never do something like that or I'm gonna make sure that I don't do that, right? And really seeing, you know, in a more objective way what caused that failure and how it, like, why it transpired. Yeah, you can make a much more impartial analysis on the situation when you're not involved, right? <laughs> There's no sense of I have to protect myself and um, be defensive. If it's someone else, you can really be very surgical about it, break it down and, and uh, be objective and say, okay, this is what went wrong. This is what they could have done differently. Yeah. Um, biographies are actually great for this. Oh, because um, biographies will, and I, I specifically said biographies, not autobiographies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? So biographies are written by other people. Autobiographies are written by the person themselves. Yeah. Biographies I like better 
because uh, it's more of an impartial uh, um, perspective, at least for the assessment of failure. Yeah. Um, there, there are plenty of reasons why autobiographies are also great. But from the perspective of assessing failure, biographies are great um, because they do provide that sort of impartial perspective. Um, and you can really look closely and study the mistakes um, so that you can avoid them, right? Uh, what's the, you know, uh, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it, mm. right? And that's true as a society. It's also true as an individual. So the more that you can study other people's failures, the more protected you are against making those same mistakes. 100%. And so when I said earlier it's hard to learn from our own mistakes, it's still possible, but it takes a little bit of an extra oomph. And so, you know, really to do that, it's about what experts call having the expert mindset because from that perspective, you're able to find the teachable moment of the failure, like what is the lesson behind it, and separating the event from the per like who you are as a person, right? And so with the expert mindset, the people who are able to treat their own failure as a friend, as a, a, a stepping stone to greatness, um, or as a lesson in general, they're able to separate themselves from the situation. They're not, you know, not not being accountable. They're still being accountable. <laughs> Sorry for the double negative. But they're not taking it so personally, right? They're looking at it as, as, it, uh, as a, a learning, uh, as a lesson, but they're not trying to say, oh, you know, they're not wallowing in their self-pity. Yeah, I think that's key to uh, handling failure in general, right? Yeah. Because uh, we are bound to make mistakes and not taking them personally. Don't blame yourself, um, at least not at a personal sort of character level. Yes, you probably made some mistakes that caused the problem to happen. Right. Um, but that isn't because you're a bad person yeah. or you lack sufficient intelligence. It's more so you probably had the wrong system in place or um, you were using the wrong uh, framework, right? Uh, and, and so it, it's an opportunity to, to learn and refine your approach to something as opposed to an attack on who you are and your competency. Yeah, so with that expert mindset, don't be afraid of negative feedback. Just treat it as a teachable moment and experience that you can learn from. Yeah. So these are a few ways of being even more successful in your endeavors in what you're doing and really thinking about it uh, in your social interactions as well, right? The way that you communicate with people can also uh, bring you great success and build your network and create a nice sense of rapport, uh, that human connection that we all really need and crave. So it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, you know, success is this funny suitcase term that uh, we use uh, for, to, to mean a lot of different things, whether it's monetary. Um, or it's you know how much social impact have you had. At the end of the day, um, you need to define what success is to you, but the strategies we've discussed here can go a very long way toward getting you to your objective, whatever that be, whatever your definition of success is. Um, and so by embracing these concepts and, and building them into how you approach 
challenging situations can go um, can be very powerful uh, in terms of you reaching your your ultimate objectives. So give them a try. Let us know how they go, and we'd love to hear your other strategies for having more successful interactions, being more successful, again, whatever that means to you. And there are multiple definitions of success, of course. So we hope you enjoyed this conversation. Share it with friends. Make sure you're subscribed and turn that notification bell on. All right, we'll see you in the next one. Happy exploring, everyone. Thank you.